The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The DFS Studio is brought to you by DraftKings. Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome back. Another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew December to Remember Betts. It is December, but it does not actually feel like it. Uh, it is beautiful where I am, Kyle, in, in Pennsylvania. You can see behind me, lots of sun is shining. Uh, it's about 50 degrees over the next couple of days, up to a cool uh, 55, if you will, Kyle. 55! There you go, through the weekend. So I'm pumped, man. It's going to be a great week. You know, it's a little bit chillier here in the south, but uh, weather things aside, which maybe that's the most pertinent thing that we could start this episode with, you know, weather's usually like a small talk conversation, but I feel like it's a big part of this slate this weekend, and I'm already getting tons of questions, and I know the way that I am, and you know the way that I am. I start to get a little ornery when I get the same questions over and over and over again. You're so old. I Maybe that's what it is. Just the guy shouting at the clouds, get off my lawn, because everybody loves to bring up anything and everything that could cause issues in fantasy football. But over the course of time, I'm telling you, weather is not that big of a deal. And it's not that big of a deal when you look at the fact that almost every single game is going to have some type of rain in it. And so I just want to say off the bat, we have a great article on the website. I tweeted it out, put it in Discord. It is called Weather, Weather Really Matters. It's by Matt DeSorbo, who's one of our writers and smarter than you and I, ran a lot of data and basically found that, yes, rain can affect things and it can bring things down, but it is not the ultimate death killer wind usually is. So, um, yeah, any quick overarching thoughts about weather for this weekend? I mean, I mean, you and I are covering the south and east and northeast region of the country. Yes, there will be some weather in the northeast games, especially this weekend. Um, and just real quick, I will be on solo dad duty all weekend. My wife's going away and it will be likely raining where I am all day Sunday. So pray for me with two uh, one and a half year old toddlers by myself inside all day. Uh, what could go wrong? But you're right. As far as the weather is concerned, when it comes to production, there is a stronger correlation with, like you said, wind and not just like eight, nine miles an hour. It's got to be like 15 plus 20 plus. That's when you get concerned. And when there's some rain, people always freak out. But I love when just in general, people are worried about it. I'll lean into it even more. Like it, it doesn't yes. really matter, right? And there's data to show, like you said, uh, that our buddy Matt DeSorbo put out on the website. It's an article I reference probably three times a year when we have weekends like this, you know, on the slate. Um, and if you were concerned about weather last weekend, you wouldn't have played the Eagles and Bills, but they popped off for a huge game, right? And I'm not saying it's guaranteed to happen with, you know, Philly and San Francisco or whichever game you want to play, but just in general, the public and the field overreact to these situations. I don't see any scenarios where I'm like, worried as of now but of course things change so just monitor as the weekend goes on yeah and one of the things that i think people don't realize is that vegas totals build that in like they're not just yes. like p projecting a number 
just so people can bet on it. Although that is a big part of it. And we're really bad at it. The public is terrible at spreads. It's just, you're not, we're not good. But that is built into it. Our projections, they're built into it as well. And so, you know, I get all the time people say, well, this player didn't hit their projection. Well, over the course of the season, they will. But one game sample size will give you a little different. So I, I just want you to look at Vegas totals. Look at team implied totals. If you're really scared, just look at the dome games. But the dome games are kind of obvious this week. And then there's one game, Miami-Washington, which is above the rest that we will certainly talk about. So uh, it, it'll be a good slate. I'm excited to talk about it. we got a great show for you, a great slate breaker that I'm excited to talk about. Um, some prop like it's hot. So we'll talk about all those things. And if you want to get our picks, they are in the DFS pass. You and I committed a no-no when it comes to publishing articles. Bets and I, every single week, the best article that we put out in the DFS pass is our best place. I mean, it is the heart and soul of what you and I do. It's like the most important thing I think we do all week in the DFS pass. It comes out on Saturday. But we've used two of the players already in our cash picks that I think are the most obvious on the slate. So I will tease that to tell you to go into the DFS pass to go and uh, and... Look at those, look at the picks, figure out the combinations and use the promo code DFS pod. If you haven't bought it yet, you can save a little money, but any, any quick shout outs for the DFS pass before we get into the episode. Yeah. Just to, uh, to speak to the best plays article, Kyle, we've got a pretty good hit rate on just using the cover boy as like our most confident play of the week. And the hit rate on that guy has been very strong this year. And so I'm a little worried about the fact that we have the two best plays on the slate, not uh, eligible because we've already used that player in other articles so uh yeah go check that out we'll see what we come up with this week but uh it's it's you know 87 percent of the time it works every time so what could go wrong i love it all right let's move on straight cash homie bets and i are going to give our cash picks and you will be hearing this on friday on saturday as we mentioned our best plays will be out just remember that just because we mentioned someone on a podcast doesn't mean that you can fit in every single person. I'm going to see people this week and say, like, I'm I'm going to be able to fit Tyreek and CMC in your lineup. That's cool. What does the rest of your lineup look like? And so I wrote this down because I wanted to remember to say it, but I'm just going to say it again. Projections, projections, projections. If you have good projections, which I think ours in DFS pass, and I, I just, I'll say this too, I use other sites too, just to kind of check our work and to average it out, which I think there's free projections out there. I know people in our discord are willing to share some of their own, but if your team is not adding up and you're, you have CMC and Tyreek in your lineup, then there are problems because you're punting at multiple positions or you're ignoring plays that are just really good points per dollar plays. So I want to encourage you do not just play based on vibes. And another thing we're at the part of the year where the people that love DFS and the sharps, they're the only ones hanging around. Have you noticed, bets that in the lobby, which I know you that's where you sleep at night, the DK lobby, the double-up contests are shrinking. So the $25 double-up is the contest I talk about the most and what I use in my article. It started out being over 8,000 contestants, then 7,000, then 6,000. Now it's not even 5,000 contestants in that $25 because there's just less people playing DFS. So it's harder right now, correct? Correct. And that happens, I would say, most years as we get through the regular season. So yeah, if you're listening to this, you're obviously one of those diehards. Just make sure you are still you know, sticking with a good sound cash process. It will get harder, but that just means we have to be you know, on top of our game as well. Yeah. And some people, the way that they look at this part of the year is they want to play more tournaments. That's fine. I would say that you want to keep building your bankroll. And we think over time, if you play double ups, 50-50s, and you play head-to-heads, you can insulate a lot of losses that you're going to have in tournaments. So at quarterback this week, Brock Purdy is our favorite, 6.1. We will highlight that game in a second, which is, man, I can't wait to watch Eagles 49ers. I'm sure that you're just going to be stressed out of your mind for three hours. But this year, your Eagles bets, I looked this up, through 11 games, they're on pace to allow 4,300 passing yards, and 36 passing touchdowns. That would be the exact same stat line that Josh Allen had last year, who was the quarterback one in fantasy. So it's like they're facing Josh Allen every week, and they did last week, and he went bonkers. So Brock Purdy 
at 6.1 is just too cheap for the matchup. Yeah, quite frankly, the Eagles uh, defense is not that good (laughs) this year, truthfully. Like, just straight up, the numbers will tell you that. And they're getting shredded through the air. Uh, Since week seven, their 22nd EPA per pass attempt allowed. Seven of 11 quarterbacks that have faced the Eagles have thrown for two plus touchdowns. So you're getting this baked in floor, you know, with Brock Purdy, which kind of is what he's done, right? He has like two plus passing touchdowns and most of his starts as a 49er. Um, And on top of that, this game environment looks very, very intriguing. We already talked about that a bunch on Tuesday. So if you missed that, you can definitely go back and check it out. I am massively into the over 23 and a half team implied total for the uh, the Niners here. I think they roll. Uh, the Eagles are down, likely, Fletcher Cox on the D-line. Both starting linebackers. They're starting slot cornerback. And you talked about, you know, the weather stuff with, like, Philly and San Francisco. The total's gone up. Like, I'm not concerned. So we have an over in props on Brock Purdy this week. Uh, he's going to be locked in, I think, for me in cash games. Just too safe of a floor when you consider the other quarterbacks on the slate – you know, it's Jalen Hurts, and there really isn't any other elite option that you're scared of. So for me, it's Brock Purdy this week. Tua is interesting to pay up for, but I think the way that I'm going to be attacking is playing him in tournaments. But, you know, hey, everyone else will be too. But I think Purdy is just better for the savings. And since we have Tyreek locked in our cash lineup, we'll talk about it in a second. It's it's kind of like you can soak up Tua's production through Tyreek. The cheap guys, I do want to mention Russell Wilson at 57 at the Texans, so it's a dome game, and Baker Mayfield at 5.5. Baker feels like one of those plays that is going... He's been projecting well for weeks, and I haven't played him because I just don't think there's ever a ceiling. So Russ was the one that I'm tempted by. Are you tempted at all? I think he's fine. Like, if you have another lineup that you absolutely love and you can't find the 400 bucks to get up to Brock Purdy if you're playing on DraftKings and you want to drop down to Russ, I think it's totally viable. Uh, Houston is a pretty big pass funnel defense, right? 24th in EPA per pass attempt, 30th in completion rate allowed, and they're allowing 7.2 YPA. That's that's really bad, man. And quietly, Russ has been good for fantasy. Like, don't watch the game. <laughs> for the love of God, don't watch the game. <laughs> but, but Russ has had 15-plus DK points in 9 of 11 games this year, so he's giving you a very solid floor, averaging over 18 points per game. And at this salary, if he gives you that, that's rock solid for cash games. So it makes sense to me if you do if you do want to save a little money, drop down from Purdy. I, I totally get it. Yeah, Russ has been like high floor, but the ceiling has felt so low. I mean, he he was the QB three in week two, and since then, you haven't seen a higher than QB nine on a slate. And he's averaging two hundred passing yards per game. So it's all efficiency, because leading the league in T D rate, INT rate, it's just been super efficient. But those are our guys. In our pool on FanDuel, Jalen Hurts at 9K is great. CJ Stroud at 8K is also in play if you want to look that direction. So I think Purdy just feels like the safest floor across the board. Knowing that, where are you at on as of this recording on pairing him with CMC and Cash? Yeah, I think it's totally viable. They actually have a very strong correlation. And what you do when you play those two together, whether it's tournaments or, or cash, is you just soak up all of the uh, San Francisco touchdowns via the passing game and rushing game, uh, most likely. So it makes sense to me. The tricky thing on this slate is it's probably a one of, or the other of McCaffrey or Tyree Kill. And I would like to play Tyree Kill on this slate for cash games. So I don't know that I'm going to find the money to get up to CMC. Not that it's a bad play at all. I think he's a great play. Yes, the Eagles are a good run defense, but they've actually shown some vulnerabilities of late. And it doesn't matter, right? When you're Christian McCaffrey and you're getting 26 opportunities, you know, over the last three weeks, it's what he's getting. It's just insane workload. So whether it's in cash or tournaments, CMC is certainly in play this week. Yeah, the question you ask for players like CMC, because the matchup against Philadelphia looks terrible on paper in terms of run defense, but Betts mentioned Fletcher Cox is out. The question you ask is, what is his floor in cash? And what does he have to do to pay off his price tag at 9K or 9.8 on Fandle? That was the question I... In my article, I looked up, okay, this is what he's done based on his salary. And at 9,800 on FanDuel, that's very cheap. Like the dude's been over 10K for the last two months and now he's a little bit cheaper. So I think he's a safe play if you can fit him in. I also think that Kyron Williams makes a lot of sense at 7.2. He's tantalizing. But if you drop down in the 6K range, Rashad White is probably 
one of the safer projections this week based on 18 opportunities a game and the Carolina run funnel defense. So I, I, I hate Rashad White's talent. I've said it before. I don't think he's that good. But you can't argue with this guy this year and what he's done, and they're a home favorite. So I think I have Rashad White in my cash lineup right now. Yeah, I think the way that you mentioned it on Tuesday is literally perfect. It's like we question the talent, we do not question the role, and we don't question the fact that he's going to catch passes, have the goal line opportunity. And when you look at kind of the the checklist, so to speak, for most of the optimal plays, quote unquote, for running backs, it's like, are they at home? Are they favored? Are they going to touch the ball a ton? And all of that makes sense for Rashad White. And on top of that, you get the matchup. And really, he hasn't been an efficient runner. But Carolina is a matchup where you could see his efficiencies take a step forward because of how friendly they've been against running backs. We know the deal. They give up a ton of rushing touchdowns to RBs. And they are bottom three in schedule adjusted points allowed to the position. So yeah, at 6,300, it does feel a little pricey to me. Just given kind of, I don't see a huge range of outcomes on him as far as upside, but for cash, like you just take your 18 touches in a good matchup and I think you move on. All right. So we buried the lead. We didn't get to mention on Tuesday because we didn't have the news, but Zach Moss is the lock of the slate. And by that, what I mean is that in cash, so let me be very, very clear in cash, it doesn't make sense to fade him. Okay. So we can talk about his projection you know, yes, he went off against these Titans earlier on the year, 165 and two touchdowns. But the way that you play DFS, and if you're new to this, it's asking the question, could this person hurt me? Or if I don't play this person, you know, what wh- what's the opportunity cost? So you don't gain anything, in my opinion, and you can correct me, Bets, if you feel different, but I don't think you gain anything from not playing Zach Moss, who's 4,600 on DraftKings and 5,600 on FanDuel because... 75% of the field is going to be playing this guy. So in my opinion, you just play him. He's the free square and you move on. Yeah, I really can't add much to it. I mean, he's been awesome when he's gotten the opportunity and for his role, especially considering like they they came out and said, we're not making any moves at running back. Like Taylor's just out and Zach Moss is just in. And I mean, who is it? Trey Sermon is the backup. Yes. Like he's going to touch the ball unless something happens with injury or whatever, 20 plus times, right? And at this at this role, he should be 7,500. So just don't think twice about it. Play him in cash, you know, and move on. And really, for me, that lets you get up to Tyree Kill in cash. So he's a great play. I'll have him in there. I think everyone should. Um, the question I have for you, because we're not going to talk about that game, is how are you handling him in tournaments? I'm going to come in underweight. Just because I'm more of a contrarian, and I want to be able to have different roster constructions. Like at 4,600, if he gives me 15 points, you can win with that in a small field. I think in a large field, you need more than that. And I, and I don't think he's a guarantee to hit 20 points by any means. Like his, his projection is going to look 16, 17, 18 points, like really, really good, but he's not a guarantee. So with that, and with the fact that we like pity city, we like, Josh Downs. There's other options in that game. You know, Moss falls in the end zone once. Cool. There's also a scenario in that game where Derrick Henry at home, like they take the lead because Indianapolis has been terrible against the run this year. So the game script wise says that he can get the opportunities. He might not get the ceiling. So I I think I'm just going to come in underweight just based on my own selfish bend. Yeah, that's it's super interesting because like from a process standpoint, you think about just like in small field, he's going to be 75% like in, in tournaments that are less than a thousand people. Yes. That feels like just <laughs> insane. And you know, it's one of those things where like, do you just go with chalk and just get different elsewhere because he's so cheap? I'm struggling with it a little bit. I will probably, you know, I play like five or six lineups every week. I will probably have him in roughly half of those just kind of match the field most likely. Um, but I was just interested to get your take. Cause he is, outlier cheap for how much he's going to touch yes. the ball so um I, I mean he's obviously good chalk it's just a matter of does he smash or not yeah th- i mean just so people know that this is probably the most obvious play of the year i don't know like yeah, I, I think I, I think so far this year yeah so here's my way to a- attack this in tournaments is we like rashad white we like zach moss and cash we like jalen warren i probably won't be playing those guys together like you can play one of them 
and then pick a different running back who has a lower roster percentage. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so Jalen Warren at 5.4. He's 6.5 on FanDuel. I, I, he's great. I wish he got more touches, but Arizona's 31st in points allowed, 31st schedule adjusted points to the running back. And Warren, number one among running backs with 50 plus attempts in yards per carry. And he breaks the tackle every 5.2 rushing attempts. Also number one in the NFL. He's a bowling ball, really hard to tackle. So I, I think you can play him in cash. I question his ceiling because he's sharing it with Najee Harris, who is a great bet to get a touchdown as well. Um, do you lean Warren over Harris? So this one is tricky. I mean, I always like playing the more talented, explosive players when I can, and the- that is not necessarily Najee. Now, we did take an over on Najee's prop line this week, so I am rooting for both these guys. <laughs> but isn't that the wild issue I have to What's say, Just like, the usually, the, not the prop, but like, when you said the most talented one, I, I think it's Warren. But then when you think of like draft capital and everything else, it's like, there's one was a first round pick, one was an undrafted free agent. Yeah, no, that is wild. But um, I, th- I think they're both totally fine for their own play in DFS this week. I agree with you. I think I like Warren better. In cash, but they're two hundred dollars difference on DraftKings, and I'm looking right now across the industry. Like Warren's projecting for double the roster percentage of Najee. I mean, would you be surprised if Najee finishes with three or four more DK points than his teammate if he falls in the end zone? Of course not, right? So Najee seems like a pretty interesting uh, tournament pivot to me. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense there. Um, Ramondre Stevenson at six K is going to project well. He's getting double digit points. Uh, it's fine. Javante Williams. Also is projecting well, 6.6 on FanDuel. We'll talk about that game in a second. Let's take a quick break, and then we will go into wide receivers. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Betsy, you got me talking about Zach Moss, game theory, and we just kept going. Usually, if you don't realize, people, we get through these cash picks and then I hit the drop, but man, we we just we just kept on talking. But let's mention Tyreek. You should play him. And moving on. <laughs> I mean, for real, like I asked myself, okay, so fading Tyreek, what do I gain in cash? In tournaments, different conversation, but in cash, I mean, this year, guys, he's averaging 135 receiving yards in Miami Dolphins wins 1.1 touchdowns per game in Dolphins wins and they're projected to win by nine and a half so I just I can't fathom just ignoring him this week yeah uh, he's going to be the most rostered wide receiver on the slate but for good reason not just the fact that Miami is efficient in roles and his role is incredible but Washington has given up the second most 15 plus yard pass plays in the league now they have to try to cover Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill good luck right so yeah you're playing uh you're playing Moss and I think you're playing Tyree and Cash and I think truthfully not having those guys is a mistake this week so if we go from Tyreek, I think the next tier down is either Amon Ra who's just safe 99 receiving yards a game or this kind of 7k wide receiver where it's either Brandon Ayuk or Pity City so Ayuk 7.2 Pity City 7.1 do you have a lean on those two? Because I I like them both a lot this week, and I know I'm already playing Moss uh, in cash. Yeah, I lean uh, Pittman just for the security of the targets. Uh, IU clearly is going to pop up for huge games as he's done this year, but we've seen just last week on Thursday night, 
uh, the floor with any of the San Francisco guys, right? When it's Debo's week, Ayuk doesn't get there. If it's a Kittle week, those guys don't get there. So just for that reason, I think for cash games, I would play Michael Pittman uh, taking on Tennessee. His role is just unreal. Since week six, he's averaging almost 11 targets per game and catching over seven balls per game. And meanwhile, Tennessee gives up a ton of receptions to wide receivers and a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. So to me, it's Michael Pittman. He's also a little cheaper than Ayuk, so I lean uh, him for those couple reasons. We built this city. Love it. Love everything about it. The Washington wide receivers are going to show up as well. Terry McLaurin at 5.5 and Dirty Curtis Samuel at 4.1. Dirty Curtis. Dude, Dirty Curtis was your boy last week. I mean, you you won me some money thanks to him. And are we going to chase those targets? 100 yards, man. When I got that 100-yard receiving bonus right on the dot at 100 yards last week, felt great. So uh, either of those guys in your cash consideration. So for me, Curtis Samuel, it's so scary to play him after one of those weeks. Like the reason I was on him is like, oh, the usage has been pretty good, but he hasn't really popped yet. Like no one's going to play him. Let's just see what happens. Very different this week. Where Like last week he had you know, an 80th percentile outcome. So I'm a little worried about it uh, in that aspect. But we're going to talk about that game environment. Like one of these Washington guys, I think, gets there for tournaments. Who it's going to be, I have no clue. Truthfully, I have no clue. So I don't think I'm playing Curtis Samuel for cash games. Did you, I don't know if we have this in our models, but he did punch someone the week before and you brought that up to me. And that really changed my idea of like, man, I need to play this guy. So do we have anything on that? dude? Uh, we have a sample size of one <laughs> and the hit rate is 100%. So I will be monitoring uh, the on-field fights this weekend. Yeah, I mean, some players get like thrown out of the league or suspended. Like Miles Garrett didn't go so well. But we only we only focus on offensive players that we can play in DFS. That's our sample size. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll check it out. Don't worry. <laughs> cheap guys this week, you can play A.T. Perry, the Saints rookie, at 3.3 if Olave's out, which do we have an update on Olave? Um, asking for a very, very close friend that's in a home league that needs him. <laughs> for a very concerned friend. Um, I've not seen anything yet for uh, today. Obviously, when you're listening to this, you will know, but monitor that. He was back limited on Wednesday, which is a good sign for just his outlook moving forward. So as long as he takes a step forward you know, over the next day or two in the concussion protocol, he has a chance to play. Numbers and the data will tell you he is a long shot to play, but no, no concussion is the same. So these guys recover at different levels and different speeds. So right now, truly questionable. And that is going to change the slate massively for cash games because if he's in, I don't think you can go to like Juwan Johnson types, A.T. Perry types. Uh, and if he's in and no one's going to play him, I am really interested in Chris Olave this week. So he's going to just shape the slate, I think. So just monitor that. Right now, we don't know. The other punt plays that you can consider, uh, Greg Dortch is cheap once again last two weeks eight and nine targets so there's something there I, I do want to throw out that the Steelers throw out a lot of man coverage Dorch not really good against that he's more of just sitting inside the zone so uh Dorch is fine if you want to play him Hollywood Brown missed practice on Thursday so did Trey McBride so that's kind of the information we're waiting for and you'll know that on Friday and Saturday if what their practice status are so put Greg Dorch in the pool Elijah Moore is another name. I'm obviously not playing Elijah Moore with David Njoku, who's one of our top tight end plays. You're not playing those together, but Elijah Moore will give you seven points and you'll hate yourself for it, but he's a he's an okay punt. And then explain to me how and what is going on with Pop Douglas because he's 4.3, he's going to project well, and he wasn't in con- concussion protocol after the game. He talked to reporters, but now he is. Explain this to me like I'm five. Michael Scott, snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. Yeah, so this is one that, you know, this happens a couple times a year where these guys will have a head injury, they clear protocol with initial testing, and then these guys get delayed symptoms, you know, over the course of the next two or three days. And obviously this past game was on Sunday, developed symptoms on Wednesday and did not practice Wednesday. So that bo- does not bode well. For his availability this week, he was also in protocol in week six this year. So when you have these guys that have these repeat head injuries, uh, the recovery time tends to get longer. So we'll see on Pop Douglas, but I would be very surprised if he plays this week. Yeah, so those are names. 
I think this strategy this week is going to be Tyreek, somebody in the middle to upper tier, and then somebody's going to punt. That's kind of like the three combinations that I'm seeing. At tight end, we mentioned Juwan Johnson. He's 3.4. He saw seven targets last week. And he's a former wide receiver, so you know he's awesome from Oregon. So he's fine at 3.4. David Njoku is probably the best points per dollar play that I like. I wish I knew that Trey McBride was playing football for my own soul, but uh, he's he's somebody you could look at. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have concerns about, well, I'm sure you do, but just level of concern about Joe Flacco playing quarterback for our potential David Njoku play? I, I was writing this up, but I was like, okay, so, you know, is it DTR, PJ Walker, Joe Flacco? And Does it matter? I, I, that's what I, this is what I wrote. I said, I don't think I actually care because I think Njoku has solidified himself, especially if, is Amari Cooper probably trending out? I mean, I think he's going to be 50-50 to play as the week goes on. So, of course, monitor that news. That's going to be huge for Njoku's outlook. But even with Amari in the lineup, he's still been dominating targets, right? So I think it... PJ Walker was literally like the worst quarterback in the league when you look at almost every advanced metric. So I hate when people say this sometimes because it truly can get worse, but like, can it actually get worse for the quarterback situation for Cleveland? I don't think so. So I'm with you. I think Njoku's fine regardless. Yeah. The uh, the leaf blower outside is, is definitely not enjoying what we're doing right now. So there you go. Why not? I, here's the thing. Like with DTR, he has a 34% target share. If Mark Cooper's not there, he's going to see six targets and be the number one wide receiver on the team. So uh, David Njoku, 4.1, probably our favorite, 5.6 on FanDuel. And then at defense, it's interesting. I was doing a deeper dive this week, and I thought I was just going to punt with the Patriots, and I still think that they're a fine punt at 2.4. But this week is very simple. There are a lot of defenses that just play against bad quarterbacks. The Buccaneers are playing against Bryce Young, who lowest yards per attempt and just a bad, bad team. The Falcons are playing against Tim Boyle, who I'm gonna let me let me just try to hone this in right here. He should not be playing in the NFL in a flag football league. He shouldn't have played in college. I'm surprised he even played in high school. Is that mean is that I'm, so mean? That's very mean. Um, but I'm just surprised he's in the NFL. Like, truthfully, I don't understand how he is even on a roster. I can because tell you exactly you him, how. In college, he was horrible, man. I don't understand. He had one passing touchdown in college. Yeah, I mean, this is getting... If you haven't done some Tim Boyle deep dives, this wasn't good at UConn. It's a simple equation. He's friends with Aaron Rodgers and friends with Nathaniel Hackett. That is literally ah, one the One of reason. the boys. He's just one of the crew, man. <laughs> Boyle. Love oh, it. Boyle? Love that guy. <laughs> Boyle rules. Um, real quick on the offense. 32nd EPA per play <laughs> this year. Um, the O-line can't protect the quarterback. And when your quarterback is Tim Boyle and or Zach Wilson, you can't, you can't, uh, you know, account for a bad offensive line play. I don't know, man. It's just 4.7 YPA last week for Mr. Boyle, uh, and seven sacks taken. So yes, please on the Falcons. Yeah. So those are the options on FanDuel. You can punt with the Rams or the Texans and you can do just fine. Let's move on. Stack attack. First game we are going to highlight is the Miami Dolphins at the Washington Commanders. The total is now under 50 at 49 and a half. But you know what? It's pretty good for 2023. It's the highest on the slate. Miami's nine and a half point road favorites. And their offense is a machine. They beat up on bad teams. Number one in yards per play. In fact, I started doing research on yards per play. And I was like, wow, they're number one. I wonder how good that is over the last like five years the best the last 10 years the best the last 20 years the best and then i stopped searching after 2000 so they've been the best that's wild man i mean it makes sense when you watch them play but just to put context around it just tells you how insanely good they've been yeah so in this game we've been preaching a lot when you play Tua, you usually want a double stack because he doesn't run the ball And in this game, I don't mind if part of that double stack is Raheem Mostert, who's coming with no roster percentage, by the way. In in everywhere I'm looking, nobody's playing him. But the obvious thing to do is just to play Tua, Tyreek, pick somebody on the Washington side. I almost think in large field tournaments, you are doing a disservice to yourself because you're not getting different. So if I'm playing the Miami side, I'm doing Tua, Tyreek, and then I'm picking two Washington players. 
if this game goes off, you're not the person that just has Curtis Samuel, Dirty Curtis, but you have Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, or Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, and you're hoping that two options for the commanders get there and get, you know, 18, 20 plus points because they're relatively inexpensive. So that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. I mean, that's one way to play it for sure. I think just in general, like I want a dolphin in most lineups, right? Like I'm going to probably just take that approach because their team implied total at 29 and a half is by far, as we talked about Tuesday, the best on the slate. Washington's defense clearly is a mess. They can't rush the passer. Their secondary is the worst in the league, yada, yada, yada stuff we all know right so like they're getting there it's just a matter of of how much and to me one of these one of the interesting ways to play this on smaller slates and we talked about that too earlier in the week like yes it's a 10 gamer but you can wipe off like three of these games right or like even four if you wanted to just some game environments that are just terrible with Ritter versus Boyle and you know Flacco and and a struggling you know Rams team potentially against a good defense just examples of of games that don't look great and so what I'm saying is if there are only like two or three games that pop off this week, you can have multiple Dolphins in your lineup. And I don't think you should necessarily feel compelled to definitely have two. I'm not saying it's bad to play in them together. Obviously, the correlation is great. But like if you have a cheaper quarterback and a stack that works, you can onslaught the Dolphins and still feel confident that you're getting exposure to this team and don't feel like you have to force Tua because he is expensive. That's the thing that I'm struggling with is if you play Tua and you play Tyreek, it's it's tough to make other stuff in your lineup work. So maybe that's just the way that the field will approach it too, and, and that is a good play. But just I've I've had success where I've played one of the running backs with Tyreek. I've had success yes. in previous weeks where I've actually played Waddle and Tyreek and had a cheaper quarterback stack elsewhere. So like it's kind of counterintuitive, but just you know, we bet on the Dolphins every every week for obvious reasons. This is an incredible spot against the commander's defense. Yeah, I, I love that point. You don't need Tua. Most of the time, I'm not saying he couldn't go off for like four touchdowns. Um, so it's it's one of those things that, yeah, I I look at I look at Tyreek, and I look at what he's done this year and his salary, and so that that's always the question I have, and I have this in pace of play. But he has three x on his salary, seven out of eleven games. Meaning, if you take his salary, which is at nine point six right now, and you three x that, you're saying he's going to get thirty plus points. And I think you and I would both say. That feels pretty like pretty well within the range of outcomes. You know, seven out of eleven games this year, that's what, like sixty something, seventy percent. That's likely to happen again. The only games that it didn't happen is the Dolphins only put up 24, 20, 17, and 14 points. So that's the only route of not playing Tyreek is you're saying that the Dolphins don't hit their team implied total. Like they don't hit 30 points. And I think we're saying they do, but just keep that in mind if you're building. So are you saying that you'd be open to doing Mostert in Tyreek? Yeah, Mostert and Tyreek, if we get positive news on HN, HN and Tyreek, uh, certainly all those things are viable. I will say on FanDuel, Waddle looks particularly interesting, where he's only 7,800. He's had eight plus targets in three of the last four weeks, so uh, he's interesting, especially over there where the price adjusted is cheaper for Waddle, but man, the Dolphins are going to, I think, certainly roll here and put up a bunch of points. So we like Washington because Sam Howell just doesn't care, man. He is so fun for fantasy. His pass attempts last six games, 42, 52, 45, 44, 45, and 44. They throw. They throw even more when they're trailing. So we just have to project in a ton of passing attempts. The The worst part about Washington is it's always spread out. Like, it, you know, is it Dotson week? Is it a Samuel week? Is it Logan Thomas? Is it Terry? So tell me who it is. So last week it was Curtis Samuel. This week I think it's Terry McLaurin. I think it's time for Terry. He leads the team in target share, air yard share. He's been kind of quiet recently, uh, but he's the guy I'm going to bet on this week, especially if you think about potentially people chase what Curtis Samuel just did. Um, that would be a reason for me to go on to Terry. But I think truthfully the best way to play it, if you are just taking kind of more of a mathematical approach, is to let roster percentage dictate the answer for you. Because... When the field condenses on one guy, when we know that the target share is so spread out, I'll just bet against what the field thinks in tournaments and just take the lower rostered guy. So for me, this is a roster percentage play. You know, if the field is completely off Jahan Dotson, feel free to take a shot. If no one's going to play Curtis Samuel despite last week, go ahead and take a shot. Uh, it just makes sense to me because they're so cheap. You can certainly correlate it with Miami 
Or like we said, you can fit, you know, if you play a Tua Tyreek, you can fit one of these cheap guys, Dotson, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas, whoever it is for you in your lineup and actually have salary to work with uh, elsewhere. So either way, I think one of these guys gets there. I just don't know who it is. Yeah, I, I lean Terry this week, which usually, you know, I'm I'm not a huge Terry guy. I'm really not. I've always been more of a Dotson guy. But so could you attack this game if you don't want Tua and say, I'm going to double stack Sam Howell and then bring in Tyreek or Tyreek and Mostert and just say, I'm going so far into this game that if people are going to try to, you know, just have Tyreek, it's like, okay, well, my I'm saying this is the game, the prime game for the week. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Um, Hal at 6,200 is interesting on DraftKings where the 300-yard bonus is certainly in play if the volume is there, which over his last six games, 42, 52, 50, uh, 45, 44, 45, 44 pass attempts. Like when they trail, they are throwing at 75% rate. That is just insane. So if the pass rate is there, he runs for 20, 30 yards, something like that. Um, certainly it makes sense. If this game pops off, to me, it makes sense as a pivot off of Purdy. And your construction will get different because you'll have two of the cheaper wide receivers likely from Washington and then paying up for Tyreek as a way to get different. Brian Robinson is an interesting wipeout pick if you want to use him. But I I just think at the end of the day, keep it clean. Keep like Go with the Washington pass attack. Go with Tyreek. Mix in Mostert in tournaments if you want to as a leverage play. Um, and then last thing, we just need to talk about Waddle because I never love clicking the button. But on Fandle, he's juicy at 7,800. He's getting some targets. He had eight receptions, uh, season high last week. So how are you handling Waddle in tournaments? Yeah, he's interesting to me on Fandle, like you said, because of the price. But I think he'll be kind of popular over there. So it's one of those DK plays that I think just doesn't feel right. But no one is going to want to play him because it's like, oh, I'll just find the extra 2,000 to get up to Tyreek. So to me, he's interesting as a tournament play on DraftKings. All right, give me your Vegas pick. I'm going to take Miami minus the nine and a half. All right, I'm going to take Washington plus the points at home. There is a route where this game hits the under, and it's if Washington either gets a lead or if they sit on a lead or the, there's rain, whatever it is. But like Washington, there's also a route where Washington just sucks and they're just really bad and they get beaten by like 30. So uh, that's kind of been Miami's MO is they beat up on the bad teams this year. Next game, the one that we all had penciled week 13, the Denver Broncos and the Houston Texans. We knew this was going to be a great game before the season. And the Texans are three and a half point home favorites. It's in a dome. So who cares about weather? And the over-under is 47 and a half. Houston games over the last month, they ranked second in points combined and ninth in plays combined. You get some up-tempo stuff. The Broncos have been efficient. They've won five in a row. Like these teams are trending in a really good direction, but man, the Texans are expensive now. Tank Dell was popping up in the injury report all this week. Dalton Schultz doesn't want to show up to work anymore. So how are you handling the Texans? The doctor is out this week, dude, unfortunately. Doctors do that all the time. I know. Yeah, this is it's tough to, to really talk through it in detail because of so many moving parts. With Schultz uh, certainly going to be out this week, most likely. Tank Dell, we're not sure. So it really depends on Tank Dell's status, obviously. If Dell is out, Nico Collins becomes a really strong play, as with Noah Brown, if he's active. And it also makes the Stroud sack slot cleaner. If Tank Dell is in, it makes things a little muddier as as far as Nico Collins and Noah Brown go. So it's just one of those that you got to monitor what's going on. But like you said, and I know you talked about this in Pace of Place, so maybe you can touch on it now, but like what CJ Stroud and Tank Dell have done has been nothing short of awesome and incredible, but the prices are going up and so they have to continue to do more. So to me, it almost feels like this is a week where I don't necessarily want to stack Stroud and Tank Dell. I mean, 8,100, he's the, he's the QB2 on the slate and Tank Dell is up there in pricing as well. So they have to smash, they have to do uh, great things. And, you know, Denver certainly is not, the easy matchup it was earlier in the year. They've actually played pretty well defensively. So I actually kind of like stacking this one up from the Russ side of things. We already talked about him in the cash game section. But the thing that's nice about stacking Russ is Sutton is 5,400 on DK. Jerry Judy is 4,700. And I've never been a Jerry Judy guy, but like you can play those three 
and pay up elsewhere for studs. And you can bring it back with Tink Dell. You can bring it back with Nico Collins. It's very affordable to do it that way. So I kind of like that route over stacking CJ Stroud this week. Yeah, just to speak to what Betts was talking about, the combined salary of CJ Stroud and Tank Dell is now 31% of your salary. So you have to have at minimum 50 points from those two combined. So if you're not getting 25 and 25 or, I don't know, 30 and 20, like then you're going to be very disappointed in tournaments. Their combined points recently over the last four weeks, 77, 44, 53, 51, like you're getting there but now you're asking them to do even more based on the salary. So that's when we always talk about like, what does this player have to do at this price? Well, this is what this combination has to do. He's leading the league in, you know, deep plays, 20 plus air yard plays. We love that. I think there's just a lot of moving parts here. And it could also be a week where it's a Nico Collins week. He's been just as good recently. And Noah Brown obviously could be coming back. So keep all that in mind. I think my favorite play in this game is Devin Singletary. And I didn't think I'd be saying that, but I just wanted to mention last week, Damian Pierce returned and Devin Singletary still saw 82% of the snap. The game flow didn't really go his way like it did the weeks before where they could run the ball, but this is the matchup for running backs. So the Broncos are dead last and schedule adjusted and he's running routes. We used to think of Devin Singletary as just kind of like a between the twenties, nothing like he's getting a ton of routes out there. So I, I think it's, this is a wipeout pick where if you wanted to play Singletary and maybe correlate with Sutton or Singletary and get out of here, I think this game could hit the under. I also really like the Houston defense as a large field tournament play. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And you can correlate them together, right? You just play Singletary and the Houston D and just say this game fails, hits the under, and no one really matters as far as the ceiling performance. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. I know the matchup certainly is still there. I talked about the Broncos being a lot better on defense in general, but they still have been extremely vulnerable against the run. And last week, you know, you mentioned it just being like Singletary's job, right? Pierce didn't touch the ball very much. And uh, Mike Boone was inactive. So like they clearly trust Evan Singletary. So I think that's a interesting play, especially because no one's going to play him uh, this week. And we actually seen a ceiling from him uh, over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's weird. Damian Pierce just, I don't know what it is. Like they just, you know, he's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you're the worst. <laughs> okay, so... Victory lap we, season over here for Kyle. Oh, I've been taking victory laps with Damian Pierce since the moment he got in the league. Victory laps are really weird in the fantasy space because people bring out one tweet that they said and ignore like the 30 million other things. Like, Betts and I will be doing some off-season shows where we talk about our best calls and best ball and our worst calls. and So we'll, we'll go through it all and hopefully in the DFS pass, you get to be very clear, our props record, everything. Like, we try to be transparent. Damian Pierce is one of the ones that I felt like the strongest and maybe more than anything, I was probably too stubborn. So it's, it's weird now because Devin Singletary never thought he'd be a player. We talk about, can I, the reason why I'm curious about this game is there's a route where it just hits the under because Denver plays super slow, man, like super slow. And Russ has always been efficient. The volume's never been there. So I just worry that this game hits the under and that Stroud doesn't have to like press on the gas as much as he's had to in these back and forth games. Totally. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, this one is in the late window too for late swap opportunities. So if you're behind early and the field is on this game, like Kyle said, there is a path where it hits the under. Feel free to get different, you know, in the late window too, if that, if that is the case. Um, we talked about Dalton Schultz being out. Is Brevin Jordan in play for cash this week? We didn't really talk about him. He's 2,500, the stone men on DK. I mean, is it in a tournament? No, it's up for cash. Oh, for cash. I mean, a punt tight end it really gets me going. Speaking of going to see a doctor, like I, I that 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 does a lot for me. So yeah, <laughs> literally uh, twenty five hundred, the cheapest you can get. Yeah, no, he. I mean, it's he. He's in play. Definitely is, especially with the right. pass rate. Especially if you knew another pass catcher was out, then he's even more guns up. So, uh, I think my favorite route in this game is to go Denver, um, passing attack, and then Singletary. And to get away from Stroud and get away from that. Uh, But I think I'll take the under. I like the under as well. All right. Last game, San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers are three-point road favorites against the best record in the NFL. It's just still wild to look at that. But the Eagles have injuries. The over-under is 47 and a half. 
we love the 49ers this week and we love the Bills last week because you have to throw and we keep mentioning that same fact. Like this is the highest pass rate ever, 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 ever. So the Eagles, you throw on them. That's what you do. How do you get different in this game? Because Purdy's going to be chalk. CMC is going to carry a lot of roster percentage. And then I feel like the Eagles guys are kind of falling through the cracks in, in the roster percentage stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't really have to do anything off the board to get different here. Um, everyone's spending down at quarterback this week. So if you want to spend up and stack up Jill Hurts, it makes a ton of sense to me. Um, AJ Brown is cash viable, in my opinion, on FanDuel, where he's 8400 just too cheap. He's 8800 on DK. So no one's going to play him because you can't fit Tyreek and AJ Brown together. So AJ Brown, to me, looks like an awesome play. And then we're still waiting on official Dallas Goddard news. If he's out, it's been the story over the last two years. When he's been out, Devonta Smith has smashed. He has eight-plus targets in every single game that Dallas Goddard has missed over the last two years. And last week, he was a GPP winner in that game, and no one played him. So again, these guys are going to fall through the cracks a little bit. You don't really have to go off the board on the Philly side to get a very high-ceiling play in a game environment that we like and has already been bet up. So we usually just do hurt skinny stacks. And Brown seems to be like falling out of favor with DFS players just because he hasn't had the ceiling recently. So I, I do like that call a lot. Dallas Goddard, it doesn't seem like he's coming back. So that still brings Devonta Smith still in play. Any interest in DeAndre Swift at 6,700 on Fandle, which is a stupid cheap tag. We brought that up on Tuesday. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense on Fandle. He certainly has a pass catching role. It's just not, it's not like an Eckler role or, you know, CMC role. So like, where on Fandle, if he just falls in the end zone once or twice, he's going to pay off that tag. And that's really what you're chasing on, on Fandle is touchdowns. So um, yeah, I, c- I can get into that. That makes sense to me if you want to stack up Purdy and bring it back with Gunder Swift. The hardest part about stacking up this game is just, it's the most expensive one, right? Like the, these are the guys that you have to pay up for. So let's say you do Purdy, you're going to get some roster percentage there, but CMC, Ayuk, Brown, like that's eating up the roster percentage. So I still like the 49ers side and just picking one player on the Eagles side to bring it with. So I think I'll go Purdy, CMC, Ayuk, because we've talked a ton about their correlation together. And we might be talking about Ayuk a little bit later, but Debo and Kittle, I think are the ones in this game that I have a hard time figuring out. They've flip-flopped between who's having good games, bad games. Kittle, we know can break a slate and I don't see a lot of people paying up for Kittle or Sam Laporta as the two high-priced tight ends this week. So that's that's kind of what I like because everybody's punting. Yeah, I love Kittle this week just for that reason, right? Think about what everyone's going to do. And if you're a GPP player, you say, oh, okay, we'll just do the opposite and get a ton of leverage. Brevin Jordan is cash viable this week. David Njoku is cash viable. We'll see on Trey McBride, um, you know, Juwan Johnson, all these cheap guys. No one's going to pay up for a tight end, right? And this is an opportunity too where, you know, if you're behind and you need a player that can actually go out and break the slate, Kittle, we know, has 25, 30 DK points in his range of outcomes when the Niners have success. And, you know, everyone's been talking about it all week. How are the Niners favored? How are the Niners favored? The lines, they know, right? <laughs> They're very sharp. They're very good. The books know. Um, I want to bet on the Niners. I talked about it a ton on Tuesday. We've talked about it a bunch today. Kittle looks like just an outstanding play for tournaments who can certainly break the slate. Yeah. And I will take the 49ers minus three. At three, I'm going to take Philly. At two and a half, I would have taken the Niners. I think it's a really good line. Yeah. I, I The Eagles injuries scare me a little bit, but definitely. Um, and they've kind what... of shown like, you know, in their games, like, they need the second half to come back and, and do it. And one of these games, they're not going to be able to do that. So I think the Niners make sense here. We're not going to preview fully the Detroit-New Orleans game, but Betts, you had a couple of notes here, and I was writing them up earlier. I think it is an underrated game that needs to be mentioned. Yeah, I mean, the total certain sitting right there with some of the best on the slate. It's 47 currently. As of our recording, it's being played in the Dome. Um, and Detroit is giving up a ton of explosive plays, and their offense is capable of of generating a ton of explosive plays, which is what we look for in DFS. And, you know, I talked about it on the, the Thanksgiving slate. Detroit is bad defensively, like straight up. They're 32nd EPA per play since week seven. 
and they're 31st in EPA per dropback. So, you know, you can see New Orleans getting there certainly in this spot. And then on the other side, you know, defensively, New Orleans is 19th in EPA per play in that same sample. Obviously, down Marshawn Lattimore, a couple other guys as well. So this one is, is sneaky to me from a mini correlation standpoint. You know, Jameer Gibbs and A.T. Perry or Jameer Gibbs and Samuel or, or Alave, excuse me, if he's active this week. So, yeah, there's Kamara. ways you can go about it. I think it's, yeah, Kamara, I think there's many ways you can do it. And a lot of those guys won't be played. The Slate Breaker this week is brought to you by a show that touched all of our hearts, did for me as a child, and it's Legends of the Hidden Temple, which, you know, Silver Snake, shout out, Blue Barracudas, bets were you ever in on Legends of the Hidden Temple, hosted by one of the true goats, Kirk Fogg. Oh, dude. Imagine not being as a 90s kid. It was great. Yeah, Olmec. I used Olmec as a reference, I think, last week in the Best Plays article, you know. The choice is yours and yours alone. And uh, yeah, I will say that the Temple Guards kind of scared me as a kid. They would come out and like, if you didn't have your pendant of life, they would get you. That always scared me. Um, My Slate Breaker, ours is in the same game. So play them together. That's always worked this year when we've done that. But it's Brandon Ayuk, 7,200. This is a great blow up spot. 31st in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed for the Eagles. And here are the wide receivers bets that are averaging 85 receiving yards per game and 40% of their team air yard on this slate. Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, I guess he's Monday, and Brandon Ayuk. That's the dudes. Those are the guys. You can play them in cash, but I plan on being overweight the field this week at a price point that we mentioned earlier. Pity City is the same price. I do think Brandon Ayuk has a much higher ceiling than Pity City if you want to go that direction. Yeah, this secondary is going to have their hands full with all these guys. And truthfully, I'm a little upset because when I came into the dock to prep for the show, I scrolled down to Slate Breakers and immediately tried to put Brandon Ayuk in here and saw you had him first. So I am upset with you because you get to take credit when he smashes. But I also absolutely love Brandon Ayuk this week. I think he's an incredible play. All right, Beds, who's yours? Yeah, let's stick in the same game. Uh, I'm just going to bet on a guy that is super talented that we've seen break the slate multiple times this year. But DFS players, right, were so recency biased. It's like, what have you done for me lately? I looked at early runs in around the industry as far as roster percentages. Arthur Juwan Brown Sr., a.k.a. A.J. Brown, is currently projecting for between 5 and 7%. This is a game environment we love. It's been bet up. I think Philly's going to be trailing here. It just makes so much sense to me to go back to a player who's been pretty quiet this week for or the last couple weeks, really, in A.J. Brown. So give me him. Uh, at 8,800 on DK and too cheap on FanDuel. Prop it like it's hot. If you want all of our props, you can get them in the DFS pass. We alert you on Discord and we say, hey, here's you get to go. Bet this thing. Here's all the different sports books. You get to do it with lots of other people, especially in our props channel. So go dfspass.com and get in on that. We'll give you a couple of props that we like. One of mine is just dunking on a player that you might not even know is on this team. It's Van Jefferson, wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, he's on that team and uh, nothing like dunking on my own team, but Van Jefferson, the last two weeks, eight routes run, nine routes run. And if Matt Collins is back this week, that dude's not a part of the game plan. If Drake London's healthy, not a part of the game plan. So I will take the under on his receiving yards at 12 and a half. It is one of the best places in props markets to bet on is dusty wide receivers or tight ends. If they're giving us a yardage total, a lot of times you can just take an under. Let's just keep them together. Let's also take Desmond Ritter's under. Uh, It's a low line, 174 and a half passing yards, but he's taking on a Jets team that has held eight of 11 quarterbacks under their passing yardage prop this year. And teams against the Jets have run at the league's highest rate and what does Arthur Smith want to do? Run and run and run. And they're favored. The Falcons are favored in this game. So I just don't see the pass attempts being there. His line for the attempts is 26 and a half. And so for him to hit this, he's going to have to average about 6.6 YPA. The Jets are allowing about 5.8 YPA. So he's going to have to be better than league average against the Jets to do this. And Ritter just, you know, Kyle, you may not know this. 
uh, is not great at the game. Some say that's debatable, but I don't debate with that at all. So yeah, Desmond Ritter's <laughs> under, Van Jefferson's under. Just uh, better. Just it's going to be a gross game. Thirty-three and a half. It's third lowest, you know, our last couple of years. It's it's a gross game. So if you want to play with us, go to ballersdfs.com. We'll direct you to our DraftKings league, fantasy footballers DFS, Borg and Bets. You can play in contests with us. Have fun. Get in the lobby with us. Bets. Tell everybody bye. Yes, sir. Enjoy the weekend. It is going to be, I think, a very fun slate. I'm really excited about it, actually. So hope you enjoyed the show. Good luck to you and all your games this weekend. Please, Eagles, do it again this week for me. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS and Betting Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at thefantasyfootballers.com.